I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, hello, hi, hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Uh, my name is Alex Q, and welcome to the first episode of Miscast. A whole new worlds. <laughs> whole new worlds. Yeah, wow. get, get it? You're, you're at my level already, Alex. Uh, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough crowd. Uh, this is the first episode in a short series where each episode, my co-host and I will discuss a tabletop miniature gaming subject that many players enjoy, find difficult for one reason or another, or are just interested in hearing and learning about, such as deployment, overall strategy, or my personal favorite, gaming psychology. So this will all revolve around Games Workshop games, but is equally applicable to any of the other tabletop miniature games. Other companies are available. Uh, using the expertise of my superstar co-hosts, this is the podcast that discusses tabletop topics that we hope will help improve your generalship, expertise, and enjoyment of your gaming experience. The podcast that will talk nonsense and sense in equal, well, I was going to say equal measure, but because <laughs> well, <I'm> on the panel. <laughs> you're on the panel and I'm on the panel and so it's going to have to be just me talking nonsense and with a bit of sense. But I hope you get a few nuggets of information from it. We've it's the podcast 
that this morning tried to create a pan au chocolat by putting Nutella into a normal croissant, then heating it up. And then the podcast realized that it's actually pretty disgusting and eating <laughs> a Nutella-filled normal croissant is gross and actually you shouldn't try it. It's that kind of podcast. That's the sort of podcast we're doing. How, how do we feel about Nutella I think normal croissants? Leave it to the French patisserie masters, Alex. You're really good at what you do. I think you should leave that kind of um, that kind of you know hot goods creation to uh, the French masters. I I, like- I appreciate that he's exploring it though. You know, he's giving it a good go. <laughs> any any food mishaps from you two? I know Darren, you like to do a lot of uh, a lot of your vegan vegan amazing food. Uh, well, food. you know, you know, we've just come back from worlds, hence your terrible introduction <laughs> well, i haven't finished yet so <laughs> shit <laughs> i know i'm kidding and um whilst out there in the czech republic um obviously I, i'm very limited with um what food i can eat and the team everywhere we went they only had one item on the uh the you know the vegetarian section i know and what it is darren i can go get. on tell me go on was it chips no 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 it was fried cheese now, I don't eat cheese either. So I asked the, the various waiters, mm. you know, it, it, are there any options for me whatsoever? And he pointed at the vegetarian section and said, look at me dead in the eye, uh, we have fried cheese for the women. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you just say that out loud? Thanks, thanks, brother. So I've eaten potato for um, five Whilst I was at Worlds, all I ate was potato. And in the morning, I could eat, there was sauerkraut and cabbage. So I've just had, I don't know, not the best culinary experience. Mm. You should, uh, have been on, should have been on the French team, mate. Did you see the French? Yeah, uh, they, they know what to do. Fruit trolley, <laughs> like they had water. I think they had like massages going around. Masseuses, I think that's the right word. Oh, Masseuse. I wouldn't be surprised. Masseuse. Masusai, yeah, that's those um, girls in the Daughters of Cain, isn't it? The Masusai, yeah, the girls with the bows, Masusai, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, bloody everywhere. Enough of that food nonsense, though. Okay, so before we jump into the subject of today, which is spoiler worlds, which we've mentioned already, mm-hmm. um, I need to introduce both of you. So, oh, God. my first co-host, some say, when he was six years old, he fought off a pack of wolves in a cave using nothing but a tape measure, a bag of dice, and some Seraphon tokens. <laughs> some say <laughs> he hosts dinner parties using nine-inch rulers instead of cocktail sticks. Some <laughs> even say that each sheet of his toilet paper contains the scrawls and list diary lists of a madman etched onto every centimetre of the paper yeah i've been in your bathroom darren that definitely is a thing right this is the uh this is the michael buffer impression time podcasting out of the blue corner wearing blue shorts with a white trim and likely nothing on top and officially weighing in at 984 pounds of pure tabletop athletic muscle Hashtag sports with a world championship professional fighting record of 12 wins and zero losses, all 12 by knockout, chatting out of Portsmouth, England, UK, 
the horsiest of horses himself, the two-time current and reigning AOS world champion at Positive Victim on Twitter, Darren Watson. Hi, Darren. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. You know what? That's inspired me to take my top off. Wow. Did yeah, you, well, we... at least you won't get told to put it back on again like at Worlds, eh? Yeah, well, that's fair play. That's fair play. <laughs> oh, did they actually tell you to put it back on? Yeah, of course they did. Yeah, I put on a few pounds. The nips aren't quite as um, visually pleasing as they once were. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so, what, uh... what an intro. Alex, I think we should just a little round of applause for the intro. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, haven't even, we haven't even got to yours, buddy. Yes. Oh, um, yeah, Darren, right. how's it going? How's it going how's for you, Darren? All good? Yeah. Yes, very well. I've got my um, son um, was having his prom suit. Um, measured this morning and I went with uh, his mother who I've not spent any significant time with for a good 14 years so I was a little worried that it might be awkward but it was it was it was a lovely morning um, and I just got a bit emotional about just how grown up he is and yeah you know how proud I am of him so I had like a I had a wonderful wonderful morning and then the afternoon Alex um, unfortunately her current yard the grass is um come back toxic and it's um it's affecting the harvey and Gwynny, our our horse and pony um it's affecting their livers so we've immediately well alex has immediately organized swapping yards which is what we've been doing over the last two days um so i spent the afternoon you know in the sun rebuilding her hay hay cover and ferrying stuff backwards and forwards so i've had quite a physical afternoon um, and now that intro, um, I was, I was, you know, um, feeling a little tired, but now my shit is properly pumped. So yeah, thank you. Yes, I'm in a no, good mood. You've caught me in great. a good mood. Great. How's the zoo? <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Darren um, has a zoo. He owns 12 hippos, five geese, four wildebeest and a porcupine. <laughs> uh, so he put, yeah. He put how- in his pomp to shame, doesn't he really? <laughs> I'll give you an animal count then let, um, for people that, that aren't aware. So we've got Harvey and Gwynny, who are two, a rescue horse and a rescue pony. Um, we've got the two dogs joining me right now. That are, If you hear me saying nicely uh, in the background, that's because the dogs are fighting. Uh, Freddie and Evie. Um, we've got three rescue hens, Ivy, Agnes and Winifred currently. Um, one of them I refer to as Lady O. Um, and then we've got Malbec, who is our tortoise. And then we've got two bunnies, uh, Gerald and <laughs> I love their names. They're all old lady names. Um, and they're all doing, like touch wood, they're all doing really well. Normally, there's some sort of bloody emergency that we're dealing with. And normally, when I go away, like a hen will die or Evie will Eva will have a fit because she's got um, she's got a malformed heart, or Freddie because he's a rescue dog will have kicked off in the park. Um, so touch wood, none of that nonsense happened. So I'm, touching wood. Little... I'm touching wood. I'm touching wood. Darren, like I have massive respect for you and everything, but that's a lot of shit to clear up, isn't it? It is a lot. Yeah, my life is basically animal shit, animal noises, <laughs> and dealing <laughs> with a grumpy girlfriend. <laughs> well, it sounds wonderful, Darren. It sounds wonderful. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good way to be. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very blessed. Right, Darren, shall we introduce the, our second co-host? After mine, I can't wait for Owens. Yeah, I've, gonna... I've got to be, I've got to be a bit honest though, Darren. What's your popcorn? Um, I'm a bit nervous about this one. 
Yeah, um, go on. Because our, our co-host is a proper celebrity. Oh, mate, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like an actual, like, Warhammer celebrity. Um, right, it's like the Henry Cavill of Age of Sigmar, isn't he? he he's got the in his name. <laughs> like, his actual name has the in it. Which is pretty amazing. Like I'm, I'm actually, you know the Dis- you know the Disney Euroland um, adverts with the oh. little girl uh, where she goes, "I'm so excited." Um, <laughs> that's, that's me now. Just about to know, talk about this guy. Do you, know, do you know what I love about this, Alex? Oh, yeah. it is cringing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just shaking my head in disdain. Yeah. I'm not. All angry. his muscles, are, all his muscles are cramping up. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> And you haven't so, even said a word yet. Okay, hit me with it. Come on. So, Darren, Alex. some say he's played in more tournaments than have even ever been organised. <laughs> some say that before he started becoming a dirty, all-winning tournament gamer, that sports awards were actually renamed to just his name. That's what they were called. Not some, even e- some even say... That when he played against Gits at a recent tournament, all the night goblins fainted when they saw him coming up to the table. That's how much of a celebrity this guy is. <laughs> you can find him at OJ180 on Twitter. It's only Owen40 himself, the Owen Jackson, everybody. Woo! Craggles well underwear, underwear big throw on the stage. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. My trousers yeah. off for this. How you doing, Owen? I'm good. Um, I've had a very different day to Darren, I think, because uh, did you know that I went to a tournament yesterday, Alex? Yeah, I was about to say that actually, like most normal people's recovery is, you know, just chilling out after going to a different country and playing in a massive world tournament. But Owen's recovery was going to another tournament. Yeah, but, you know, inject it into my veins, baby. I got in touch with my fellow, like, addict. We're just like, you know, we whisper at each other on is WhatsApp. That like, yeah, so Mr. Matthew Goldsborough, who is he? He he's pushing me now for like biggest Warhammer addict because I think he went to the Iron Man before Worlds, then he did the singles, then he did the teams, and then he came with me yesterday. So in two weeks, he played five, ten, uh, nineteen games of tournament Warhammer, which is pretty impressive. On a, on a serious note, do we need to stage an intervention? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, for most addicts, like, doing more of the thing doesn't help you get away from the hey, addiction. Listen, I've dealt with some other addictions, so I'm going to go with this healthy one at the moment, okay? Um, so when the other aspects of his life are, are running? <laughs> I can't I mean, uh, so, yeah, so my day was very different. I've not been sort of being Dr. Fucking Doolittle like you, Darren. I mm. sat in my pants watching Stranger Things. Um, oh, what a great day! <laughs> so, and I went out for some brunch and uh, writing some lists. I painted Bellacore on Friday, which is, is fun. So, I've been thinking well. about Bellacore lists because he's great. Um, yeah, lovely. But you play, you um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were beasts, right? Yeah, so I played a, a, be- a beast lacore list. Beast lacore. Beast lacore. Beast lacore. Yeah, it's in quite well, doesn't he? Because it's all about getting to turn three, and he just creates you a bit of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And he gives me like you know uh, an extra monster, so I can run well, run two and turn my other wizard into a monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some nice plays yesterday where I was able to shut down some sentinels for two turns whilst also burning an objective. So um, 
yeah. Uh, so yeah. Interrupt, I, interrupt their um, um, plays, can't they? Like if yeah. they choose ferocious advance, you can stop that monster. Yeah, precisely. Um, yeah. So I had a really good time with him. It was fun. I basically took out three enlightened, a screen, and a wizard. Dan Bradshaw will be very happy because I took the Bray Shaman out of my list because he thinks it's not necessary, and maybe he's right. So yeah, I traded mm. a, Shout out a, to Darren. To Darren Evans. Um, so yeah, took, out, <laughs> took out a little shaman, took out a screen, and took out. I downgraded three enlightened to uh, sorry six enlightened to three, and I put in the you know the dark master himself. It was great. I had a lovely time. Went down to Brighton. Anyway, that's me. But what thank a you lovely day. It was. You were, setting that, you were setting that up like you'd had a, a terrible day. You've had a wonderful day, wonderful weekend. I have. I just haven't. I haven't been as. Um, is philanthropic the right word? I haven't basically done good to anybody but myself. Whereas Darren, you're constantly doing good for for others through your um, animal husband. Only because so many different. people do good for me, brother. Let's Ooh. let's not get it twisted. People are wonderful to me, so <laughs> you're you, you included. It's uh, I think it's wonderful you've done a few things for yourself. Oh, well, what a loving, eh? Let's have a little clap. Let's have a little clap for everybody. Well done, it's lovely. well done, everyone. Right, uh, finally, just me, I guess. Uh, so my name's Alex, or oh, Alex, excuse my full name. Um, and very quickly, I know these reprobates from meeting them in London, but also in the lovely tournament scene. And um, yeah, I've been involved with uh, Games Workshop Warhammer for about 30 years, showing my age. Uh, and yeah, just uh, been a busy, busy last few years for me because uh, my job is being a doctor. And so uh, trying to get back and have this lovely podcast with these lovely gentlemen. So just, um, just lean into that for a moment, Alex, because you're a fucking hero. What type of doctor are you? Uh, I'm an infectious diseases doctor, Darren, which you, mm. which you, uh, which you know about already. Yes, yeah, so it's been a You're busy a few hero, years. Mate. You're a fucking hero. Yeah. If anyone deserves any sort of wonderful introduction, it's you. Don't you fucking forget it. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's very no, kind no. of you. But yes, yeah, so we we thought we'd start this podcast and um and uh, just have fun with it and hope and hope everyone that listens to it enjoys it as much as we do recording it. So for this episode. Um, we were going to do um, a different subject each time. So as I mentioned at the start, we we're going to talk about deployments, we we're going to talk about strategy. But as Darren and Owen have both been to Worlds, we thought hot off the press, let's talk about Worlds. So we're going to talk a bit about Worlds. We're not we're not going to do a blow by blow of everything. We're not going to go down every little minutiae because otherwise we'll be here until midnight. But shy. I'm learning so many words. Well, that's just the idea. Uh, let's start with the most <laughs> important subject to discuss in Sigma, and that's clocks. So let's talk about <laughs> clocks. At, no, I, we're not going to talk about clocks. It's fine. We're not going to talk about clocks. I kid. We're not going to talk about clocks. But really, I've got some really strong opinions on them. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about clocks at the end. Let's get to it. We'll get to it at the end. But let's so to start with worlds. Worlds, people. So Owen, mm. for anyone listening. Worlds, what what the hell are we talking about? What is Worlds? Worlds is, I believe the full name, Darren might be able to correct me on this, is, is the AOS World Championship. So when mm. everyone talks about Worlds, that's, that's what they're talking about. It's effectively um, all the nations around the world uh, who where there's communities that play Warhammer, um, by hook or by crook, they would be invited or find out about it. I'm not really sure where the invites didn't really go out per se, but it was more like it was born out of the old ETC, which I believe Darren went and 
probably you won. I'd imagine, Darren, did you win the ETC? Uh, yeah, we, we, yeah, we did, yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 just humble, humble hashtag humble brag. Yep. So out of the ashes of that, which I think that there were, it was a kind of a bigger thing where there was lots of space laser games and I don't know, other games where you, you know, do other stuff rather than, you know, fantasy miniatures, which is what we love. Fangs of War and 40k and all sorts. Yeah. So, so we, you know, much like, I don't know, many movements of late, then there, there was a breakaway. There was, there was a desire to go out on their own into the world. So Worlds was born. They did it last year where they played obviously it was mid covid and many teams didn't feel comfortable going but they they still did it but it felt like this was the 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 big year so um you had teams from all over the world coming just from... just to mention that the the danish won it the first year yes, you know well. did indeed lovely yeah, chaps excellent war gamers shout out to the danes shout out to the danes yeah, I've never yeah. Seen why playing them yeah, I met Casper actually, uh, the coach, and I knew Casper um, Agdal as well from uh, TTS. Yeah, I'll, I will touch on TTS because there's a, a big thing with Worlds and TTS and the global community. But yeah, mm-hmm. effectively, it's um, it's much like you know going to the World Cup if you play football or cricket. So nations around the world with wargaming communities that play Age of Sigmar specifically. Um, you know, it's an eight-man or eight-person team, should I say? Um, from each of those nations and every year that it's going to be put on it's in a different um, sort of city a different nation so you have your host nations again much like an olympics or something and everyone flies in and we all play six rounds of competitive team warhammer there's a bit of singles beforehand Um, and at the end of it when all the dust settles then someone's the world champions someone's the world champions i don't know who those are um, we might we might mention it a few times. Don't on the mention podcast. it many times. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, great. I, I think that it sounds awesome. I mean, the hype up before it happened. If you're on Twitter, um, everyone was very very excited. Or well, it seemed like they were very excited going, in, and it sounds like everyone's super excited afterwards as well. So mm. it sounded like thoroughly wonderful event from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. It was just. It was unreal. I'm still. I'm still probably fifty percent. I'm still taking. I'm still spending all my time being horizontal. Just come back from it because I'm so. Glad. <laughs> I gave it my all. <laughs> yeah, for, for those who those who don't follow Darren, as I mentioned, at Positive Victim on Twitter, um, you can see some very um, wonderful pictures of Darren actually lying horizontally on the floor. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so those are those are quite those are quite great pictures. And I you mentioned fire. you mentioned teams, Owen. Mm. Um, so team selection, as for any team tournament, obviously yeah. you need to pick players. Yes. And I don't really want to go into the kind of controversial old boys club memes stuff. Not that, you know, team selection isn't important, but I'd rather talk about the more interesting kind of parts of it. And historically, that would oft- you would often find teams kind of fall into kind of two, three different camps. So you have the teams that just pick the eight best players possible. They just say, look, we're just going to pick the eight best players we think are the best and then match them and give them the factions that we think is going to do the best and off they go. Other teams have often decided, hang on, let's pick the eight best factions, then pick the players within those factions that are the best at those factions to play. Or you just go with a group of mates and try and create a team environment. Um, what, what did you find? What was Team Wales's approach? Was it Was it more of a... Just pick eight eight good guys together. Were you picking the eight best players? What? How did you guys approach it? Um, I would say it was kind of like 
the sort of blended approach. Uh, one, one thing I would throw in there as well, Alex, is that I believe, unfortunately, they weren't able to attend um, for reasons which would be obvious. Um, well, maybe not that obvious, but um, Russia, in Russia, they have a team tournament and the team that wins that team tournament then goes and plays for the Russian, is the Russian national side, which is quite an interesting way of doing oh, it. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, that's how I understand it works anyway, um, I'm sure. Wow, what a pressure tournament that is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, which is, I mean, it's a meritocracy, right? Which is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but for us, um, we, it, you know, you have to perform to be on and you have to be, you know, currently performing. So, you know, using the term meritocracy, Team Wales' approach is very much a meritocracy in terms of, you know, uh, tournaments attended, rankings, um, and, you know, um, consistency. Um, But also, I would say that we were looking for a balance of um, play styles, characters within the team. You don't want it to be like an echo chamber. You want to be able to, you know, people to be able to stand up and say, no, you know, I don't agree with that. Do you know what I mean? Um, which can be a problem, I think, if you've just got eight mates and generally there tends to be one or two more stronger characters within that group that, that sort yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you're not wearing those socks. Mate, oh. no, one tell, no one ever tells me what sartorial <laughs> choices I can make. Okay, Alex. You should oh, wonderful. Um, well, that sounds like an echo chamber to me, Owen. <laughs> That's one thing that I had full autonomy on was, uh, yeah, sock choice. Turns out that me and James Tinsdale had the same style because we turned up on day one and there's a very funny photo. I haven't posted it, but it's uh, we are in matching Nike socks and sliders down to the exact colour and everything. So, um, yeah. Dan Bradshaw was livid with James. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was also obviously some criteria that had to be fulfilled within. Yep. Um, and, you know, like... Wales have been derided in the past a little bit for being the England B team, which both I and the team really hate. So I want to publicly say, let's put that to bed because, you know, you can have five players, which either are Welsh through parentage or, you know, have been born there or five or the five, five players who are either lived there for, I think three or more years or are Welsh by birth. And then three players that have, um, you know, you could be full mercenaries, but ours, um, we had uh, myself, uh, I grew up in Wales and have a Welsh mother, but didn't, you know, don't don't get in through the standard criteria. And then, for example, Matthew Goldsborough, I believe, um, got Welsh grandparents. Um, so we only have one Merc who is Andy, but I can't really call him a Merc because he's been on the Welsh team since time immemorial. And he's mm, yeah, I was about to say, he's been there for ages, hasn't he? I remember. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's very much part of the, the furniture. So, yeah, I would say um, definitely um, delivering on the tabletop through the season was probably the primary. We all had to apply and write a statement and, you know, sort of give our uh, reasonings behind why we were on the team. But, um, yeah, I would say performance, then nice mix of characters. Um, and um, yeah, but I, I would say definitely performance was the key. Okay, and I think that's that's probably fair for most countries, right? If you're going to some a competitive tournament like this, is performance is going to be one of the key criteria, right? So yeah, um, and just Darren, to build on well, yeah. just to build on what Owen was saying there about Wales being Team B. I hope I hope you you never got that feeling from I because I certainly haven't. Um, I don't feel that way at all. I've I my first international experience was with 
Team Wales, I was invited to be a, mar- uh, a mercenary by um, Tom Loyne. And I had the best time with the Welsh there. We had a wonderful, <laughs> it was a wonderful tournament. You, you lads are, are great. And it's from now being on the English team, my perspective of perspective, just seeing you guys, you're a brotherhood. You know, you're a fully fledged team with goals and ambition and you all support each other. And I'm a massive fan of everyone on the Welsh team for what it's worth. Thanks, man. You're, you're, not, team, you're, not, you're not team B. I you. appreciate that statement because, yeah, you're right. We talk every day. We're in the Discord every day. We don't, you know, we're, we're very much uh, a brotherhood. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the project continues. Yeah, and you can definitely tell that from the outside, from someone looking in, you can see there how close you guys are. So, yeah. what, a, what a wonderful thing, eh? And yeah. Darren, Team England. So, I, so my, my experience, so very much like Owen, we had to apply. So, we had to, I actually put a lot of time and effort into my applications because <laughs> um, I take it seriously. And the last time I applied was pre-COVID and I was lucky enough to get onto the team. And then COVID happened and we decided that the team that was chosen for, I think it was 2020, uh, would be the team that we would take to 2022 when we were back back to Worlds. Um, and it, it, when Owen was talking about it's all about your current performance, I had a bit of uh, anxiety is too strong a word, but I was very um, conscious of the fact that I hadn't played a lot of singles. I didn't have a lot of current form and I felt a little guilty that I was going to Worlds where there were other people that are putting in some mad reps, like players like Luke, Fabian. You know, some people that Toby, absolute, complete dedication to the cause. And I just haven't had the time to. So I tried to make sure that I did get to some singles beforehand um, just to prove to myself that I deserve my spot. Um, And I was lucky enough to, to be able to do that. But I do very much feel that team selection in the future, and this is, it's because of COVID that this happened. So it's certainly not something that England are looking to do, um, but it should definitely be on current form. The people that should be going are the people that want it. The, the, they're the people that are putting in the reps and over COVID, I struggled a little bit. I was in my bedroom for two years, basically. And I'm quite a social creature and that bled out into my hobby. I was, um, I, I was a little despondent with age of Sigma, let's say some of my comments on Twitter and, and in WhatsApp groups weren't as, positive as they might have been um uh you know in the past and then leading up to worlds and getting back to normality and getting to events my you know mm. the game's fucking brilliant like all that all that negativity i was feeling is a reflection of covid it's not the game like being out yeah. of it, surrounded <laughs> by gamers you're just the best people i'm just beaming thinking about it um so, you know, next year, if I apply, I'm going to make sure I'm going to get to as many events as possible. But so, the- so do you think that's that's important then? Do you think it's especially for kind of something like this, like Worlds? And I was going to say how you how you both feel about it versus, I don't know, like Brotherhood or a normal team tournament. You know, mm. is, is it because it's Worlds where you really are going for the kind of the performance uh, versus, as I say, Brotherhood, where you could just be friends going, right? Um, yeah, I think where it's international... 
um, it sh- it's just not a bunch of buddies going. It should be p- people that are showing good current form, um, showing good levels of dedication. Um, it means something to people now. Like families are watching. My father, when he heard that I was a world champion, um, punched the air. You know, my son. Yeah, I saw awesome. that. I saw that text. That was lovely. Yeah, yeah, that um, was really nice. That is for me. That was super emotional because my parents don't know what I or haven't historically known what I do. You know, it's that Dungeons and Dragons shiz. They didn't put too much, um, and I didn't tell them too much about it because I was embarrassed about it growing up. Um, my dad's big into football, you know, <laughs> me going, dad, I, I've won another tournament, my Dungeons and Dragons, you know, it just still would go over his head. Whereas this year I, um, I was able to go into a bit more detail. I could show him, I could show him what we do thanks to, um, uh, the T-Sport network. They'd um, put out a load of videos about, you know, Shout what out T-Sport network. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful coverage. Yeah. Amazing. And that, you know, my joy is now my family's joy. um and that's what it could be for other people um my um just to clarify my dad didn't punch the air because i came seventh or the wales team came (laughs) (laughs) seventh is great how many countries were there like 50 hundreds 150 22 nations there were 22 Um, seven out of 22 is pretty great and you guys were let, let i mean for those of you that have been to team tournaments you know this but in team tournaments, you can be right up at the top the whole way and then you have one bad round and it, you can plummet. And I don't think seventh's even plummeting, but it doesn't no. necessarily describe how the tournament went. No, we were top going into round four. Um, and then we played the podium, basically. We played England, Sweden, then France. and It's a tough end, isn't it? Yeah. But that was, <laughs> you know, that's that's the way it goes. But yeah, back to your point, I would say... Um, in terms of the team selection and like the difference between, you know, because team tournaments definitely have become more and more of a thing in the UK. Um, and it is a great way of getting, you know, clubs and groups of mates, um, together or or groups of people who wanted to get a hundred points on the rankings. But, um, you know, that's, um, um, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I think that the main thing really, with all due respect to um, all the teams and obviously like Brotherhood, for example, the 2019 before the Great Plague, I don't know, was it 2019? That Brotherhood. The Great Plague of 2019, yeah. Mm, Yeah. Indeed. Uh, That was the most competitive tournament. Oh, that was insane. Yeah, that was wild. (laughs) But um, I would say like the world's level, Darren, I don't know how you felt, but that was... Maybe it was the heat as well, because it was pretty bloody hot in that place. But, you know, I had maybe the army I was playing as well. Like, I played all five rounds of every game, and with the clocks and the heat and the level, like, you know, you you would underestimate any matchup at your peril because, like, you know, maybe there's a bit of sort of British exceptionalism or whatever and that you think that, you know, you're going to go over there. And, we you know, we play, we have more tournaments, we have more players. But, like, there's some hungry men and women out there playing Warhammer oh, all over well, the world. I was, well, I was going to say then, so let's, let's get into it then. Let's get, right, let's get right into it, Owen. Let's get right into the okay. gritty, this nitty-gritty, because I want to hear about this. I want to hear about the emotions. I want to hear about the, the pressure, the tightness of the game, kind of your roles going in. So let's talk about day one. We um, were not ready. Not we ready? Not ready? No, we were not ready. I was not ready. How was, um, <laughs> like, going to, like, prep and 
like pre-tournament analysis then Darren like do you feel like you were were you going in there feeling that you had the guys that could deliver um was Tom like the main sort of the 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 tactics guy or was it kind yeah of- was was Tom the guy coming in saying right Darren you've got Seraphon this is your matchup I want you to blitz this guy I want you to I want you to nail this guy 20 zip this is your role you and Jack or whatever nail these guys 20 zeros or was it more see how you go with the pairing how do you how do you feel about it see how it goes and then let me know is it was is it that kind of set or is it much more fluid I did, nothing was implicitly said but let's let's be honest if you're the seraphon player then you are expected to perform you're expected to get the points because <laughs> mm. you've got the best fucking army in the game hands down mm. so yeah, I, I, I it is pressure lots and lots of pressure um you know so it wasn't it you know tom didn't want to put me under that sort of pressure but i think if you're the seraphon player you're expected to get some 20 o's you're expected to get some results in matches that on paper you shouldn't get results in um so yeah well nothing was said nothing was said like darren i'm relying on you're my big hitter none none of that but so there weren't assigned roles you know like you know, for using the football analogy, you know, you aren't being, you're the striker, you're the main striker, you need to go out and score the goals. There's nothing like, yo, we trust you, you're, we believe in your abilities, you're going to go and do this, or it's just kind of an innate expectance. I think, yeah, so with factions like uh, Nurgle, Jack on Nurgle, for example, um, he was expected to perform. You know, um, I think I was expected to perform. Then we had some we had some solid players that are really familiar with their factions, like Dan Bradshaw. Um, you know, so no one's surprised that he went six nil, even though he was into you know Seraphon. Um, and then we had some lists that were a little out there, and I was really proud of that as well. If you look at the when the lists came out, I think some ours were some of the most. Um, our team build was one of the more unique ones. So I'm really proud of that. Um, and that's because we've got access to players like Toby, like Richie, that are able to use something that most other people haven't seen or expected. Mm. Um, and then there's the classic dragon smash, um, which I was super. Jim was, um, Tinsdale was, um, you know, he's umming and erring on what, what faction to take late into it. And it's because um, he's, you know, had a new baby and his, his world is absolutely taking off. He's been so successful. He's got a new game coming out, bless him. So he didn't get as much time as perhaps he would have done in the past. Um, and I'm so pleased that he ended up on Dragons because that is a smash list. But there's still a lot of pressure because they're not easy to run, not as easy as people think. Well, they're um, prepping for them as well, right? Because let's face mm-hmm. it, that was like an obvious one that was coming in, right? Yeah, yeah. it was an obvi- it's an obvious one, but... You know, I'm glad one of our, our our best players was was on Dragons. I'm glad it was Jim. Yeah, I think um, they were the only faction Stormcast Eternal that every team took. Mm. The crazy Scots didn't take Seraphon um, for some reason. Because <laughs> they're fucking heroes. <laughs> <laughs> um, for and me, you and have you own? Yeah, same thing. Like, was it was did Mark Mark was your coach? Right? Was it the same? Was it kind of you had big hitters? You had the or again, was it much more fluid? Was it not quite as prescriptive? Um, uh, I, I, most players understood what level their armies were at and understood the win condition. Um, I would say that we relied on the data to give us information on, like you know, how well we would do into all the different lists, and then you would kind of understand 
um, you know, what what your expectance was sort of from those matchups. So, for example, you know, you're into a, a four, six to eight points here would be amazing. Um, mm. um, for me personally, the prep was quite different because, you know, my favorite factions, it was a really interesting one for me um, from a psychological point of view. And I'm very much like Darren. I think we both are overthinkers and we are quite, um, we're very quick to criticize ourselves. I think that's, we see that in, I see that in you, Darren, like you're very self-deprecating, you know, in terms of thinking about whether you'd get on the team and stuff like that. And and I knew that I, I'd got my successes and I, I got on the team off the back of playing, you know, basically playing Nagash, you know, in Ossiarch Bone Reapers and in Soul Black Gravelords. Mm. And after the battle scroll in December, where, you know, I was flying pretty high and I ended up with some really good results, um, then, you know, yeah, yeah, I had my purple patch, definitely. Um, mm. And, you know, I was conscious then that, you know, OBR Nagash was dead, basically, irony. Um, so I, <laughs> I'll try in with a hundred zombies and I did do pretty well. Um, you know, I, I love that list. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was just, you can't go into any matchup with a, with a thousand point piece that could effectively lose you the game on a dice roll. You know, you miscast on your first spell, you tend to be mid medium drops. You're like generally your five or so drops or seven drops because you always need to have hunters whether you're taking more tech guard or, or in the case with my second list with the zombies, you have to have them in hunters so that they can receive the five up ward or they can receive extra attacks from the vampire Lord. And, you know, knowing that meant that I could just get alpha off by long strikes, um, you know, which, you, you know, I, I wouldn't have felt you want to go into a tournament feeling confident. So I looked at it actually. And I went, I got not got put, we had a conversation and I walked out of a, you know, I walked away from Firestorm Games where we had a team meetup. You know, we met for the weekend. I took my Nagash list. First practice game, he miscast twice. And like all the team were looking at me like, oh, you got to drop, you got to drop your boy. And I, yeah, it can't happen, can it? No, can't. you can't, you just can't do it. So, and I knew that it was almost a bit like, you know, when you're in a shit relationship and you should, call it quits but you just hang on i was just like oh. I was hanging on i was hanging on and i was like I can make it work. you were, hang, you were hanging on yeah. hang on to nagash's bony finger oh he's he's, oh. he's oh. his bony oh. dusty finger i'm just looking um, at, i'm looking at it in my cabinet so anyway to not go on too much basically on the 26th of march i got on the, i got on beast of chaos and our, my prep was by i don't i don't like using other people's models so i built based painted and learned like 3000 point army uh, between the 26th of March and whenever worlds was. So I think it was like two months, which, you know, my captain won't mind me saying this on reflection was probably a bit too much. Um, I would have liked to have had a hundred games rather than, you know, 25 games. Um, so yeah, my prep was a bit different, but um, I'll tell you how many I had. <laughs> I mean, I was painting the night before I got on the flight for example, because, you know, yeah, I was about to say, Jesus, there was, I mean, Beast as well. I know a few, a few players have mentioned, um, uh, I know Mark from team Finland, yes. uh, also has mentioned what a kind of mental what exhaustion beasts are. Shout out to Mark, shout out to team Finland, yeah. shout yeah. out to the Finns. Um, he's mentioned that what a mental task it was 
playing beasts. And I imagine for someone who's played only a few games, and that must have been um, quite tasking. What You mentioned two things I wanted to just touch on. First thing, you mentioned that you went into a four. So some people might not know what you're talking about, but uh, I'm assuming that's your pairing, so one to four. Um, and I'll ask you the question about your list in a second. So, but, but, uh, so a four is good or a four is bad? Uh, on our matrix matrices, I love that word. I love saying it. It's got such matrices. A, matrices. Yeah, she sounds mm-hmm. like a sort of slightly sexy older woman that kind of looks after you. <laughs> that is not where I thought you were going to go with it. No. But great. But yeah, absolutely um, great. Matrices. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, a collection of older women that look after you. I'd like that. I need. But they're slightly so- sexy. But slightly sexy. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got so on your sexy older woman coven paperwork four <laughs> four is better does this is this going to work this metaphor doesn't work yeah it might do four four is good one is bad how what are we doing with this <laughs> four four isn't great five is four awful. is bad okay one is great just one oh yeah exactly four's too much <laughs> four's too many <laughs> So for um, our matrices, four four is too many. You just want one. Yeah, you can't get one. Greedy. One is enough. One's don't enough. get greedy. Okay, so uh, one was one was great. Were you color coding, or is it yeah, just a number? Yeah, thing? one was bright Granny Smith green, and five was pillar box red. Like wow, wow, alarms, bells going off, red. Um, yeah, just to yeah. clarify, Simon never put me into a four. Uh, I got lovely pairings, to be fair. Um, so, okay, yeah. and so the idea is to get as many obviously ones as possible right is to try and get mm. ones across the board to, 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 yeah. to try and get the best scores possible yes correct yeah. and i've and i've seen that um team england have posted very kindly their matrices mm-hmm. uh, on twitter and there was a lot of green on that matrices which i think probably goes to show about the pairings right darren is that fair just to say to, yeah so just to explain those three and the, the sea of green, it's not that we thought we had wonderful matchups against everyone. So the first one you'll see at the top there is the team or the pl- individual players feeling on what that matchup was, just looking at the list. For example, um, in the French matchup, my um, feeling was that that was a red matchup going into um, all the horrors for Seraphon. Um I won't go into why because... Well, we we don't have all day, um, and then don't have the all day ne- to play that list either. Yeah. <laughs> then the next one that you'll see is our feeling about the um, scenario, and that's where you see a sea of green, because um, and then the final one is the result, um, and that's the real strength um, we can take away, um, and where Tom, Luke, and Jack nailed it was that they got us. The vast majority, the vast majority of our games were in scenarios that our armies were good at. So it meant that in red matchups, our average points that we took from red matchups was twelve points, which is that's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it yeah. just like I'm getting, I'm getting fucking excited just thinking about it. <laughs> so they, those boys, those three boys, Luke, Jack, and Tom, um, absolutely nail pairings for us and with a real emphasis on getting us in the right scenario yeah i I would um i would concur with that as well darren sorry to interject but um we i felt 
we had a pairings matrices. Oh God, I love saying it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just listening to you. Say, say it again, Owen. Matrices. Uh, 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 have no, you done we adverts? Pay- you should do a talk over for adverts. Okay, I'll try. I'll see what I can do. Um, <laughs> uh, and and yeah, I, I, I that would be my tip to any budding team going to any team tournament is really focus on putting your armies into the correct missions possibly as darren's alluded to possibly over an army specific matchup um you know like pair into the mission not necessarily the army or obviously you have a blended approach but um yeah i got really good pairings because a lot of them were into missions that i was really good on so um yeah it's definitely a, a really really important part don't focus on the lists and the players i would say you need to take into account the missions massively Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's a really good point, especially good Owen's top tip for tournaments, guys. There you go. You see, we, we said we we're going to mm. give be informative. Here's here's the first top tip. So play into scenarios. Um, I guess that sort of relates to my my second question I had for you, um, guys, was that um we mentioned lists a lot, and you mentioned about coming off Nagash. Um, you made that the... sound like a coming off some sort of drug. <laughs> withdrawal was real, yo. No more hand withdrawal. Yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned we mentioned coming off Nagash, and um, I was going to ask lists wise: is it a very much a personal thing, and then the team decides what's going on personally, or or is it a, a collective? Um, everyone to kind of decides on the lists, if you see what I mean. Uh, Darren. So um, with me, um, I I very much told the team that I didn't want to be on Seraphon. <laughs> like when you explain to your opponent what they do, they glaze over. They don't enjoy it. And after playing it for you know f- three four years, I certainly um, enjoyed it less or enjoyed running the traditional builds. Now in in three is it? Are we on three point one at the moment? Three point two. Whatever version oh, of the game, I never can never remember, but yeah, three three point something. Whatever version of the game we're on at the moment, I used to very much um, enjoy using Fangs of Sotek as my um, sub faction choice, but they've fallen off in um, with the new tomes that have come out, and very much what is prominent is um, Thunder Lizards. So I had to deal with the fact I had to take um, a net list, right? Thunder Lizards, what everyone's. Um, taking and that rile I, that riles against me doesn't mean doesn't make me feel very special doing what everyone else is doing because um, <laughs> because that is important to me feeling special um so, was, so you I are was, special darren you should yeah you. you are Thank special darren you, you know <laughs> <laughs> i can deal with it you are <laughs> so i was in bed one evening and i was thinking what bloody list am i gonna take that's gonna make me feel you know, comfortable in, and I'm going to enjoy it. Um, and I, I, and I just, I was just going through everything and I just thought, I just started doing some mind. I I enjoy when I'm thinking of lists, I really enjoy playing some games in my own head, doing some mind experiments, you know, and I started pissing about, I was going through the war scrolls and I was like, what can I do with snake basties? You know, is there anything here? Cause they've gone down to 165 points and you can get three snake basties for two um, solar 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 basties um and the more i thought about it the more they're good into a variety of things um with alpha beasts you can pre-game move so you can you can save your support heroes you can even save croak from dragons you know alphaing you um 
you can there. This is, I mean, I'm a very simple man, so I'll, I'll tell you what it boils down to. The reason I didn't like Thunder Lizards is they don't move particularly quickly. Um, in any game of Age of Sigmar, you or your opponent are going to roll really hot or really twatty, you know, two or th- in two or three turns. And in every in those four in those four scenarios, every single one of them is better in if you're in your opponent's territory rather than them in your territory. And snake basties allow me to move forward. And now I'm fighting over my opponent's objectives. So if I roll really hot, I'm on my opponent's objectives. If it all fucks up, I'm on my opponent's objectives, not mine. If they roll really hot, doesn't fucking matter. My objectives are fine. And if they shit it, <laughs> then I'm all over them. So, you know, I, and I thought to myself, Eureka. <laughs> so how do you get around the speed, though? Because they're only a five-inch move then. Obviously, the, the... They, well, they pre, no, they, but they're moving forward. So it's not like they're particularly fast, though, but they're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, a traditional um, Thunder Lizard build with um, the shooters, they want to castle up, don't they? And they want to react. I'm a proactive player. I want to put my opponent's under pressure i want them to be solving problems i don't want to be solving problems because i know that i make so many mistakes i need to put my opponent under pressure so that he doesn't notice them or she doesn't notice them sorry about the misogyny so that they don't they don't notice them and then i can concentrate looking for theirs and you can only do that if you're a proactive Mm. a proactive i think you made a really interesting point there about rolling and this is something i find you see from lots of the quote-unquote top players um for anyone listening um i'm sure jack won't let won't mind me saying so um if you go to his twitter feed which i can't remember what his handle is at jack armstrong or something um he posted pictures of all his turn one and his deployments from worlds Mm -hmm. and what you can see is that he's clearly moving and deploying in such a way that if his dice go badly and i'm sure they Mm -hmm. they did in some games He's given himself outs. And I know you always talk about this, Darren. You talk about the outs. And you see this a lot from some of the best players is that they give themselves the opportunity, even if the dice go badly, it gives them an out. And I find that quite interesting from what you're talking about, your list design. Um, Mm -hmm. You'll also see from his photos that he took Nurgle which is kind of like a massive, <laughs> a massive out already. Bloody yeah. hell, boy. I mean, de- a slight detour, but that book ended up being quite different to how, well, many well, commentators um, thought it would, eh? That was, um, it was, a, it was the scourge of worlds, Nurgle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well. I saw that. They were, they were doing super well, weren't they? Yeah. Prime definitely. example of, you know, just give it a try. Because <laughs> the more you look, the more you see. couple of things on your list, Darren. Um, so, mm-hmm. Just a couple of questions, really. Did you get a lot of value from the ability to put the Basties on top bracket in the combat phase and give them that one-up save back? Because that's you, what, yeah, I did. Are you going to tell me I can't do that? No, of course not. Oh, God. <laughs> I would do that. You cheated, Darren. It's over. Rescind the World Championships. Get AOS. We're back um, on. No. Yeah, I did. I did. I caught a lot of people out. You've got three of them, so. Like that's that's three monstrous reactions, yeah, or monstrous actions that you can do. So Titanic, Titanic might, you know, roaring on someone and then stomping. You know, you be you can do all three or, or, or four. You can mm. smash some um, some of the defensible terrain because there was quite a bit of it. Um, so just having four of those was fantastic, and then having so many monsters it allowed you to get ferocious advance, which again puts you up by a point and it puts yeah. you under pressure. My list is. Or list was designed to 
do the battle tactics. So if the dice are fucking up or if there's a bad matchup, I could then try and concentrate on not engaging but getting my battle tactics done, mm. you know, so I can at least get – I was never getting 20 nilled, or at least in my head I was confident that I could play in such a way that I wasn't getting 20 nilled. So even if I was in a bad matchup and the dice weren't working or even a good matchup and the dice weren't working, I still was getting points from the game, right? Um, and another thing as well, I know no one – um, is practicing against snake basties or had been in the past. So all of a sudden, when you put a list like that out there, people are all of a sudden like, what the fuck does this yeah, do? Yeah. And I know there's value. I know there's value. I've made a career out of that. <laughs> like, there is value in people having to suddenly work out what you do. And by the time they have nine times out of 10, it's too late, which is what I found in, in a couple in, in a couple of my games. I think, I think there's, sorry, Alex, I think there's a nice bit of punish in the list as well, which is that the mm. snake bass, the attack is three inch range, isn't it? Yeah. So you can I reach absolutely it. love it. Yeah. You yeah. can, you can really punish people with like hit the screen and if they misplay or misposition slightly, you just reach over and cover them in snakes, eh? The whole list, you know, the, the inclusion of the prime, the the snake basties reach, they finish what croak starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Consistently, yeah. consistently, you know, you, you the you'll get I've got at least two mortal wounds every time I attacked with the snake basties. The average is, is obviously three from 18 attacks. And don't, don't forget when you go back up to full bracket, you then get the 18 attacks. Yeah, back of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes they would spike. I think the most I did in one, in one round of combat was seven, um, but that was at the Hans GT. It wasn't at worlds, unfortunately. Um, you know, and that really negs your opponent now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. My snake bastie attacks that you think shit. Seven mortal wounds, <laughs> and then I'm going to double tap it and shoot and do it again. You oh know? no, you, you can't! You can't! You ah, can't make it twice. Unfortunately, that would be busted. Um, yeah, because it's too many snakes. Way. That's way too many yeah. snakes. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson will be will be uh, rolling in his grave talking about. Well, he's not dead, but if he was dead, he'd be rolling in his grave thinking about snakes, snakes on a plane, wouldn't he? What I was desperate to do, and it didn't happen, and it's never happened, is I've got an engine of the gods. I've used Engine of the Gods since they came out. I wanted a triple fucking six because it doubles your attacks, and I wanted to roll 36 attacks on my Snake Basties. And I've been trying for four years, and it still didn't happen. Somebody did it at Worlds, though. Somebody, no, tell me that. Somebody <laughs> did do it at Worlds. Against the Danes, the guy, was, oh. I saw an interview with him, and he was like, yeah, well, my opponent just rolled triple six on his engine, so it's game over. GG. <laughs> and GG. He was, yeah, he took it really well. Another thing about my list um you know not having the um solar basties in it is that you've now got the option to double tap the engine i personally think that's a better option than yeah yeah um, more more in 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 my list that's got the prime and croak right yeah um yeah so that was um going back to sort of like um team um not team section list selection all the team sort of we we met up a couple of times. We didn't meet up, but we certainly um, um, did a few things on TTS. And we had a, f- a few phone calls, and we were certainly. I was leaving a lot of voice notes in uh, WhatsApp groups, <laughs> which is my thing. Um, and I think it might have been a tough sell to my team that you know three snake basties are going to get the Seraphon player some big big wins, mm-hmm. and certainly it was expected of me to get at least five wins i'd suggest being the seraphon player um and two uh, this is what i take a lot of um um solace is the wrong word um so i'm a little i was a little like i say i was a little worried that i didn't deserve my place in team england but the moment i said lads i want to take three snake basties after luke had said burn 
Um, (laughs) And everyone else had sort of mocked me. Um, I then left a voice note explaining exactly why I think they're really good in the mirror, um, exactly how I was going to use them. And the reaction from Toby, the action from Steve was like, I still love the fact that there's really good builds in the Seraphon book that are being discovered even now. Jack went, yep, I like that list. And that was it. The the, the team Mm. were settled on me taking three snake basties and croak um, with very little in the way of proof, let's Mm. say. And I took a lot of... um, that, that that was nice to have that confidence from my team. I took a lot of confidence from that that moment um, as soon as that sort of happened. And so I've got everything I want now. I've got my team's backing. I've got a list that I'm excited to use, um, and I'm about to go to Worlds. So at that point, that's when I really my shit really started. Perfect. To yeah, yeah. And that 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 runs into kind of the the, the what I was going to mention when you were talking about facing people not knowing what something's going to do, and they have to decide right there and then how the hell they're going to combat this thing that they've never seen, that they've never practiced against in, you know, this is high pressure tournament we're talking about now, right? Especially some, some of the countries, you know, take it really, really seriously. And so the pressure's on, the pressure's on to try and win this game and you're faced with something you've never seen before. I mean, that that must emotionally and mentally, that must really play into your hands, right? Plus, you've got the um, you know the aura that's been developed around you know oh. Sir Darren Watson. Like honestly, I Sir w- Lord, Sir Lord Darren Watson. Yeah, Sir absolutely. Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. Viscount Watson. Um, I'm a lot less <laughs> responsible for that than other people. I know, I know, I know. You wouldn't bring that on yourself, but honestly, like I've watched a bit of the coverage back, um, and the amount of people when they're asked who do you want to play, everyone says Darren Watson. Like yeah, so, no. um, you know, I think that you know, that psychological element that you've you've got the double, you know, the twin threat, you've got the guy and then you've got this bonkers list that you might have read and you understand what it does. But when you just read the list, you don't know what, how it's going to play per se. Um, So, yeah. If you have practiced against it, there's also um, the chance that the person that's using it, they didn't design it. And if they don't use it in the way that the person, the author, you know, is using it, then that can create a false narrative. And there were a couple of games where my opponents were under the impression that they had the advantage, let's say. Mm. Um, and I think they, I think I, I think I had the advantage and I think they, they got it wrong. So you can also, you can also create false narratives within teams and that's where you can get points that you might not otherwise have gotten. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, I think it showed the fact that you both, well, both teams went super well on day one, right? So, you know, day two, England, Wales were both 3-0, three, three right? Three wins, yeah. zero losses. Uh, yeah, well, the first the first day we faced uh, Germany, um, then the Czech Republic, and then round the morning of, um, of, of, of the second day in round three, we faced the Netherlands. Um, you, who did you face? You, did, you, did you face the Italians on the first day, Darren? And our, first, our first was the Swiss. Yeah. We were dead chuffed to, to see the Swiss because they were our last round opponents um, at the ETC. Nice. And just, just beautiful souls. So we were really excited to play them. Um, and then, yeah, the Italians, which <laughs> just absolutely loves. I was a shout out to the Italians because they've had, I think, a historic reputation of being um, difficult to play. I was going to ask you this because I certainly remember from playing certain uh, ETC that historically it was difficult, whereas it sounds like they're absolutely loves. I I've historically haven't had, didn't have never played uh, Italians. I've only ever had positive experiences with the Italians Mm. in the age of Sigma 
uh, community and our round was a perfect example of just um how wonderful they are they were they were infused they were all happy they're all bloody gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw that tweet you said the, the uh-huh. hottest italian team and they all look like adonises that they've brought across just to yeah. make you sick doesn't it it really makes you sick Bloody gorgeous they, bastards! Yeah. <laughs> and they put a lot of effort, I think, because um, I I I, um, I speak to as many uh, people on the international scene as I possibly can. A lot of people will get in touch, um, and I've uh, I did um, so, uh, 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 an interview with um, Francesco. Uh, hopefully, I um, pronounced that correctly. Names <laughs> are important um, on his YouTube channel. You should check it out. Um, and I know that they're trying very hard to become you know, a force on the international scene, you know. Um, so it was just really nice to see how far they've come because I think they're a much better team than they would have been a couple of years ago, let's mm. say. And that, 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 was the, that was the case for many, many teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this standard of international play from the bottom up is just exciting to see, isn't it? It's just, yeah, they're, they're all coming for us, definitely. If you know, 100%. Yeah. The UK scene is not ready. It's no. not ready for what's coming. Who did we... you play in the... So we had the Dutch in the morning, um, which was... Yeah, so we, we basically... We capped the Dutch, which mm-hmm. was tight. We capped the hosts, and we had a really tough round one against Germany. Who did you play in the morning? Who warmed... Oh, you played the French, didn't you? We played the French. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Those boys are Unreal. The amount mm. of dedication that entire team, their whole goal was to win worlds. I saw their boards, I saw their little scoreboards, which was wild to me from the video. The prep was insane. They had they had support staff, you know. I'm pretty sure after each round, everyone was getting foot rubs. And like you say, a masseuse was going around. <laughs> they would go away and have a debrief, you know, on their games. And I presume that's so that they could drill it into their minds and help their teammates if they then went on and went on to face sort of similar lists. Mm. Like it was a level of prep that um, I've not seen before. And if that's what's coming the uk scene if it doesn't adapt i know there are some people that are skeptical about change um but i care about the uk's competitive scene um not to the detriment of other people's scenes you know let me just make that clear you know if if um if we do need to adapt i'll try and make it yeah so chess and narrative events then darren yeah (laughs) (laughs) no we'll get we'll get we'll we'll, we'll, that's another that's another subject for another time um so let me just tell you about the French season. Have you heard about this, Owen? French seasoning? Are we back on food again? <laughs> <laughs> Pan au chocolat, I knew. I see, I knew. See, I linked yeah, it. See, exactly. sorry, I was. Mate, so Alex the French does. season, the first six months, they dedicate to singles. So everyone in the French scene plays singles. And then they will, they will um, nominate a coach. And at the end of that six months, that coach will then choose where you go, what team you go on to, um, and there'll be various leagues. And then the next sort of five months are dedicated to team tournaments and everyone is the world's pack. So, you know, those chaps over five months are probably playing six or seven or eight tournaments with the world's packs against other people that are, you know, playing the world's packs. Mm. Um, and then at the end of that, the coach will select the national side and then they'll go away and practice solidly, solidly. Um, Still didn't win that, did they? 
They no no well, yeah, but you say that I'll, I'll I'll touch on why I think that is, but I mean that's insane. They told me that each person in the the French side had played the English lists ten times, so like they were prepared for my my list. The chat that I played would have played through that ten times. Like that is insane. Yeah, that is mad. I played no practice games. Like hand on heart, I just played. I played the Hans GT. I played. I went up to a one day at, at Rob's um, T Sports Arena, which is lush as fuck. Definitely, if you haven't gone there, you should go. Um, and then I played. I went off. I realised how little practice I'd done actually. After the Hans GT, I played Richie in the, the the fifth game, the final, and I did not give him the clean game that he deserved because I was scatty as fuck. And I thought to myself, I am not ready for Worlds. So then JP. Offer JP Stevens said in the England chat, "Will anyone come and play in my team tournament in Liverpool at the Just Play, uh, Just Play, um, uh, uh, the Just Play tournament, team tournament yeah. using the World Pack?" So I made sure that I got up there. So that that was my my prep for Worlds, um, and I'm so glad I did it because <laughs> the French round was insane yeah we we played them round five and it was a yeah it was a grind we'd heard i mean i i don't think it's we i think it would be remiss to not mention like that there were some negative stories coming out about the french team and the way that they Uh operated during the tournament i don't think that's controversial to say that um but you know on the table my we played the same guy i think did you play frank with his horrors Yes, yeah. yes, and I'd just like to touch just that that point there, Owen. I think it's one or two people. I don't know who spoiling it for the rest because mm. my game, my French round was immaculate, and he was lovely. Yeah, and at the that. end, in the end, when he when he when he'd lost, he was still all smiles. You know, um, so yeah, my my French round was um, a really really good round. A yeah, really, really good yeah, round. they're very 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 serious. Um, very, as you say, very prepared. You know, I think you describing the prep that you that they went through is quite enlightening because everything from like what I like to call the clock craft, you know, running the clock and mm. all of the prep they had, like they all had the same sort of like dice and token setups. And they had like he was rolling. He was having to roll 93 shots with his horrors, but it was all in little plastic boxes, which he knew he had exactly 40 dice in each and all the. Yeah extraneous stuff was was streamlined from like nutrition hydration tokens all that stuff so it meant that they could merely focus on um strategy um which you know gives them an uh, gives them an gave them an edge i believe didn't it darren yeah yeah and i'd like to touch on the the earlier point or to to say what i said i was going to talk about as to why we managed to get through the round against the French. And it, it finished 77-83. But at one point, I finished my game early. I'd be, I was in a red matchup, but a scenario that I was confident in. Um, and I said to Tom, oh, the game's finished. I've got a 16-4. And he was like, he looked absolutely relieved. Because then I looked down the table and it was a sea of sulky English faces because mm. we were not doing well at that point. <laughs> and that this is why I think we we came through. So we were not prepared as prepared as the French, but the English teams just simply got the experience. We've been in that situation when we're up against it probably more times than they have as a team, and that's what I think dr- dragged us through. But if we very very soon they'll have that experience mm. and they'll have all that prep, 
and if we do, if they, if anyone's to, uh, currently, I think if anyone's capable of toppling England next year or the year after, at the moment, it's going to be the French. Because once they've got that experience, it is game over unless you, unless we pick up the pace. Yeah. Um, and, and not just not just France, uh, like Sweden, um, the, the Denmark. You know, <laughs> these are these are organised, competitive. Um, they've got goals, man. They're coming. They are coming. Yeah, I've got some notes about how I see the meta. It's a little bit like you know the English Premier League, where you always had your top four or whatever. Yeah, the top, the top four, the top six. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Let's, let's, we definitely want to come to that. But just before we jump. To that far, I just want to before we miss it because England and Wales played each other. Mm, whilst we you were both three. Spoilers, spoilers for the listeners. Wales unfortunately lost that one, but that gives me a lovely opportunity to ask because this is sort of the stuff I love to find out about. This to ask about loss, and what I mean by this is. I'm assuming Wales went into this wanting to win. I know most people who go to tournaments want to win, but, you know, realistic expectation, I think it's fair to say, that you could be contenders. And yeah, yeah. having lost to England, I, I would say some teams would drop their heads. That's the time when it's right, we've lost, it's over, you're done. And what I wanted to ask, what was the emotion like in the team? What was the what was the effect of the loss? Were you, were you able to kind of pick each other up? Did it kind of derail everything what how did you kind of um, tackle that well the immediate feeling was of obviously disappointment um it's a really funny thing when you talk about team tournaments um and you know like the the balance between um you know celebrating your individual success and then celebrating team success so it's like always i'm i've done enough tournaments now and i think it's a really good thing and i'm sure darren would agree to you don't really think about your own, even though we are a bunch of egotistical uh, players to a degree, uh, you always are focusing on the team when you win. You know, you, talk, you look, yeah. you don't mind taking a loss and getting three points because you're looking for that overall team win. When you then have a big loss, again, you know, there's, it's a cliche, but you win as a team, you lose as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of had this like double whammy where I was obviously crushed that we lost and we lost heavily. You know, we got capped again, which is a bit like, you know, getting a bit of a battering, which we said we wouldn't do. But um, but I played the worst game of the tournament there um, against England. Um, I will hold my hands up and say that I think on a personal level, I let the team down because I went into a green matchup. I went into uh, it was a two, but it could have possibly been a one. And for Toby, um, I'll touch on sort of toby and our relationship afterwards but you know um so yeah dealing with the loss we were obviously pretty despondent um i think one thing that was really good was that simon and mark they didn't impose any you know we didn't all have there was a lot of team meals and we did a lot of stuff together but we were allowed to just go off and do our own thing that evening and just deal with it ourselves on the proviso that we were all down for breakfast at a certain time and it meant that you know, some of the younger guys went off and kind of had a bit more of a social time hanging out at the venue. And like uh, some of the older guys, we just had like a quiet lunch. Um, others went out and had a couple of drinks. You know, we were able to kind of deal with it rather than go back and kind of have some sort of like hand wringing session of trying to figure out where it all went wrong. We thought it would be better to just kind of 
soak it in, learn the lessons, pick out the positives of the tournament in its entirety up to that point, because we still had another full day. We could still win at that point. So it was just like, go off, deal with it personally, you know, um, and then come back fresh the next day. Um, That's a testament to Simon and Mark's um, abilities as yeah. leaders, isn't it? Really impressed with that. Um, and just a final thing on that. It was really funny, actually. This oh, I didn't think I was going to talk about this, but I will. Um, we didn't stay at the venue. Uh, we stayed a bit more in town. And it was really nice being able to get away. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could do a whole show on the venue. but um, And um, in the morning, like, I wake up really early now. And I woke up at like five and I was still whirring the, the game over in my head and beating myself up. And I was like, I can't go into the day in a negative frame of mind. And I had one of my best things I did was I, it was a beautiful Sunday morning. It was like 6am. I was like, no one's going to be down for breakfast for an hour. So I just looked in my phone and I saw that there was a massive cemetery behind the, um, the, the hotel and I read, and it was like historic cemeteries. Franz Kafka was was buried there, the the writer. And I just took myself off on my own, and I just went for a nice one hour walk. The cemetery wasn't open, unfortunately, but I was able to walk all the way around the perimeter. And while I did it, I sort of like listened to the birds tweeting, and I saw people, you know, going about mm. their business, and I kind of saw the sun filtering through the trees, and got like it was a bit of nature after you know, such a romantic soul. <laughs> I got and I like I decided I wouldn't follow the maps too closely and I would just kind of negotiate back. And I just had this and when I saw Kafka's um uh headstone or, or the sign for it, I kind of decided to read up and um you know I just you went kind for of a wonder. Thought, you went for a wonder. Yeah, both like mentally and physically just took myself away and then when I came back I felt amazing and I then I was about to say that that must have improved that made you feel better after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say that, um, you know, dealing with disappointment is, you know, it's personal, but definitely I found I got a lot from from that little meander. And also, like, kind of learned a bit, you know, learned that, you know, what was it? Uh, the reason why there's so much Austrian influence. I learned a bit of history. I won't ramble on too much, but I learned a bit of history and I took my brain away and I got some fresh air and I got a bit of nature. And then we were then personally, I was ready to go. So that's how I dealt with it. But I'm a bit of a boomer. I'm not sure. I think some people just stayed up really late playing board games and then, you know, just cracked on. Um, but yeah, that but was it, but my... it sounded like you all responded to it, though, let's be fair, because you came back into it. It wasn't just down and out, was it, as a team? No, no. We knew we had Sweden then in the morning and we respected them big time. And we knew that we had to be... We knew that the final day would be big. We knew that we'd basically be playing. If we continued to perform, even if we were hitting our like the lower cap, we would be facing, you know... Uh, France, Sweden, Denmark, Australia, perhaps the Americans. You know, there was no easy day three for us. So no. we had to be, we had to come correct. Um, and yeah, like you say, I think testament to Simon and also us knowing each other so well, there was no pressure to be like, you're coming, we're all doing this together. We're going to debrief and we're going to talk it through the games. It was like, you know, there was some bad luck. There was some bad play. There was some, you know, some bad matchups. Uh, there was some good play you know, we just learn and move on. So yeah, that, that's how we dealt with the loss. And I think, um, you know, whilst there's a big rivalry there, um, I would like to say that I thought that England dealt with the win in a very gracious manner. There wasn't massive fist pumping and sort of 
great shout outs and stuff like that. Like we all know each other. We all go toe to toe at tournaments in the UK all the time. And there was lots of mutual respect and, and hugs and stuff. So um, oh, 100%, yeah. 100%. If, if we'd have lost, um, if we, if, if we were to lose um, the, the first place, then we 100% would like it to be Wales. I certainly would. And you, and you mentioned Toby as well, who's, who's obviously lovely. And um, um, you, you mentioned you have a relationship with Toby anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Toby and I, we played very early on in our AOS. He moved over from 40K and I was new on the scene. And we played early on uh, a tournament, um, uh, Warhammer World. And then a week later, it was Bobo when we got paired into each other round one. Um, I actually remembered that he was wearing an England football shirt for that. And now he's a world champion wearing his AOS shirt. So, <laughs> and then basically, you know what it's Cute. like. You meet people and you just get on. And there's quite a big age difference, but we just got on. I just knew that he was sound and, you know. Um, and then we played each other then at War in the Heartlands. And he'd never actually beaten me before Worlds. but So I was two wins and a draw up on him. But he's been levelling up big time i'm not going to say that i haven't been leveling up but um yeah yeah uh, so i think you've come a long way that's um that's unfair yeah owen you've you've come massive yeah. way from when you first started my god yeah well you'd like, like to think so. being prepared owen you've been you've been cracking out the tournaments the games it's mad yeah well you know, results. thank you i've got a lot of time on my hands these days and it's it's good fun right when you get to meet people like you guys and you know it's just like being part of a big a big family. I'm getting all soppy now, but yeah. So, <laughs> so Toby and I. We talk about that, gaming. You can't be soppy. This no. is hard nosed competition. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we 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 stay in touch on Twitter, and um, very disappointed to lose, but I was very very happy and proud from a pal. So yeah, if Toby listens to this, big love, mate. Keep doing it. Shout out to Toby. Toby yeah, Toby and uh, Steve were new to Team England this year, and. A resounding everyone was saying how impressed they were with and how happy they were that they were there like mm. from the off they've both been confident enough to get involved um humble with their with their opinions um you know not 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 forceful like some um and th- their attitude on the table was absolutely exemplary i was lucky enough to attend um blood tithe and we were a player down and toby um was available i'd, I'd never heard of I'd never heard of uh, Toby before. Um, and I went to Dan Bradshaw. Oh, this, this chap Toby wants to said he's available. Um, and he said, get him, get him, get him. Cause it'd been, it'd been winning everything locally, I think for a little while. Um, and when he arrived at, arrived at blood type, uh, just throughout like championship attitude. Um, so I was very much a big fan of Toby with, with, with um, selection. And uh, I made, I made that sort of vocal to, to, to Tom. Uh, after finding out that he'd applied um and then i was so pleased to see that he had that he had um that he had got onto the team um and i'm sure i and, and steve uh, and steve i didn't know so much of but i did know that he had like a 40 in a row <laughs> win win streak with the uh, legions of the first prince which is fucking insane um and he was um i will i will say thank you to steve because everyone when they go away with me um someone will subconsciously take on the role of dad 
um, because I am Dozy Darren. And Steve did this for me at the weekend. When I was crossing the road, he was going, look right, Darren, not left. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him doing that. Can, he, is, yeah. he was going, when Tom was like saying, right, we'll all meet in the foyer at 8.30. If I was having a Dozy Darren moment, you know, and imagining butterflies, he was going, Darren, 8.30 in the lobby, yeah? You know, um, and that was, um, yeah, it was really kind of him. On, on, and on the table, on, he was an absolute legend. On that note, I don't want to. Um, I, I, I think it would be remiss of me not to say that in a in a very disappointing round, um, our I don't really even know how to describe him. It's our superstar relaxed youngster in Math Mallow did oh. did put an end to the forty eight yeah winning yeah, streak with in a red matchup i believe he basically took three foxes and 30 sentinels and and yeah stopped steve's legion of the first prince run yeah. so um, um math mallow is i think i only ever hear wonderful things about him yeah he's so enthusiastic i love talking to him and he's definitely he's definitely one of the most he's definitely one of the best best players in the uk in my humble opinion i'd love to be on a team with him one day um or or to, or to you know play him I, we played at um a brotherhood i believe and i can't remember it and i feel really really horrible <laughs> that was um, when that was when he was just coming onto the scene yeah and i was probably hung over so please don't read into if you're listening Beth, but i don't read into anything of that <laughs> <laughs> um I was I was saying as well I think that's super important for Steve he's lost that he's lost that um that winning record you know it's like 50 games it's it's good enough um but don't be disappointed Steve like grow from it it gets to the point where you're more concerned about keeping that winning streak than you are playing the game and I think it mm. it could have got to the point where it would have been some shackles so I think I think that's done um Mathbello's done him uh, a favor Honestly. It comes back to that point about loss that Owen was talking about, though, wasn't it? It's uh, how you react to the loss because mm. everyone everyone loses games. Everyone loses games, so um, exactly. how, how you react yeah. to the loss, right? And and kind of moving on to the end of it, the the teams the teams helped you go on to win it, Darren. You only bloody went and won it. Spoilers. We yeah we we, we after after that day two um, we went we then played um, the Danish. And oh, good grief! They played some clean Warhammer, and I, I again, I was not ready for that. I'm quite a casual, relaxed uh, gamer. I make sure that if I if I need a little bit of help, I I try to make sure that my opponents get that as well. Um, but they weren't interested in that whatsoever, and that's fine because it's competition, right? It's something I'm going to have to reflect on in my future my future endeavours, I'm going to be trying to play as clean as possible now. And I'll be playing with chess cocks and I'll be making sure that I'm doing my hero phase in the absolute correct manner, mm. you know, and not letting people let me take back. Like we, I need to be prepped for worlds. So that's the sort of games that I'll be having, um, you know, in practice and at tournaments, um, regardless if my, my, my opponents don't need to play like that. I don't expect them to. So don't worry the UK scene. I'm not looking to <laughs> change the culture. <laughs> Just yeah, especially with myself. the uh, controversial uh, topics. But let's, well, let's talk about, we've got two, two more sections before we, we wrap up, but let's talk about that. So kind of related to that, what, what are your, what are your both, what are both your tips for tips for team tournaments? I know we've spoken a bit about, about the scenarios, but what are your, what's your country meta read? What are your tips for everyone listening for, team tournaments in general and if you and, what if you want to get on the england team or if you want to get just, on the england team or just compete in team tournaments what are the kind of bet the top things that you would recommend coming out of this 
if I was captain next year, or if I was if I was going for it, and I was lucky enough to get it, the the thing I would be looking from people that want to be, get onto the England team are those that are um, going to adapt to what's coming because what's coming is chess clocks. What's coming is perfect warhammer to the letter. Mm. So people that can win in five turns, those are the people that I want to be taking to. Um, to worlds people that can do everything correctly in the hero phase so everything's done and also the people that fuck up that don't piss and moan about it you make a mistake you own it in the in the danish game i made i made more mistakes than i should have done um you know i'm disappointed in myself but it's a complete culture shift and i didn't like i say i didn't go into it with the the same amount of practice that other people had um luckily enough I'd been aggressive and I, I won some early priorities, so I managed to still win. But I, I could have very much lost that game. Um, so I'll be concentrating on myself and trying to become a better player. But when I did mess up, I didn't piss and moan about it. You know, <laughs> I went, you're not going to let me off that, are you? And he'd go, no, I am not going to let you off. Okay. <laughs> Great Danish accent. That was um, that was perfect. Spot on. Well, they, I know that they love a drink, but at the gate, at the table, it, it was like, it was, it was a bit, he was just very stony faced, old Mark. And he was like, I'm not in the best position. <laughs> yes, that is, that is quite entertaining. <laughs> I wish I had given you a better game. You know, I, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to make of that, but then I know that they like they went out and they they like to have a drink. I wish I'd have spent a bit more time with them because um, he uh, Mark's game I was super impressed with. Played some really really solid um, Age of Sigma, and like I said, if I if I hadn't won as many priorities as I did early on, it would have been a very difficult game. Mm. Um, it turned out to be the, the the dice were kind. My engine, the gods, came back on a four plus. You know, I won the first three priorities, the ones that that really mattered. Um, you monster! Yeah, solid, solid, solid play um, from um, from from the day. I think I, I think I won five priors over the six games. Which oh, sucks when, when you've got ten drops and you get given first all the time. But anyway, that's yeah. being a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my tips um, as a very logistical and a project manager, plannery sort of thing. I would my tip would be just don't sleep on all the external stuff, like. You can have a team of Harlem Globetrotters, but if they're not at the venue on time with bottles of water and knowing somewhere to have some lunch and somebody's booked a taxi to get them back to the hotel. Um, like Logistics. All, logistics. all the logistics. You need a logistics guy um, or girl or matrix, matrices, someone. Somebody needs to do it. Um, the decision fatigue is real, isn't it? So the yeah. least amount of decisions you have to make mm-hmm. because you've prepared everything, yeah. that, that it all adds up over those three days. You know, by the end of it, I don't know about you, Owen, but my I'm still shattered now. Like, my mind is fucking... Yeah, dark. I was pretty... pretty <laughs> I think the mantra of um, fail to prepare, prepare to fail, I would let that, that, let that be in the forefront. So from a, you know, like from a matrix kind of point of view and you know matchups like i don't think you should overdo it on that because it can be a little bit of information overload but definitely prep thinking about all the logistics travel food um all that stuff um for any kind of team um and kind of you know if if it is a new team or a group of individuals especially when you've got eight like spend time with each other 
even on discord beforehand you know get to know each other and you know you then know it's really good having a a, a little collection of emotionally intelligent people within the group who can much like steve was being your dad at certain times you know you need you know you need to know when people need an arm or they you know stick and carrot all that stuff so get to know your teammates if if you don't know them um and um yeah prepare and do all the logistics that's what i would say away from the table because by the time you get on a team especially a national team you're pretty fucking good at playing warhammer at that point right so like make the conditions by which you can succeed put that all in place um that that's what i would say and that's i think what that's what i um i help bring to the welsh team um in terms of you know I also make us look good, you know, shirts, <laughs> and the socks. Yeah. All the style. <laughs> well, there, there you heard it. Those are the top tips. But bit of a disservice if we, if I didn't get to talk about. Go for it. Absolutely. Go for it. Um, who did you, who did you play Owen in the last round? We played the French. So um, oh. we, yeah, we, yeah, we, we took a loss as a team there. I think it was 52 to 108, but um, you know, we knew that if we took a chunk out of them, then um then it would mean that you won and we would rather have you won uh, if we could so what you're saying is basically wales made england champions i mean i'm not saying that no no that's what we're saying maybe made some champions wales wales made you champion darren that's what we're saying we don't know i'll take that we don't want to be (laughs) we don't want to be the king makers we want to be the king okay yeah 100 we had um we had a wonderful end to our um world's experience in australia they contain some of my so the Australian scene. Um, I don't think it's any um, secret outside of the UK is my is my favourite meta is my favourite scene. They um, they love they love uh, Warhammer, but it, you know in a slightly different a slightly different approach. Um, and it's got some of my favourite content creators. I got to meet Iron Gutsman. I got to meet um, yeah, that's japan stew i got to meet smorgan or or sam morgan you know these are people that um every time they create any content i'm hanging on every word because they're so clever they're so um inspiring you know i love every time i listen to them i go away and i check out what they're saying and i think fuck they're right um so i got to meet some of my personal hobby heroes um i played a chap called alexander I think it's Alexander Cron. Yeah, that's right. Cron. Yeah. Yeah. He is just beautiful. Just beautiful. I really enjoyed it. We had a nice, we didn't go to the rule book once. There were some great moments. He managed to kill Croak in turn one. I'd set, I'd set up a situation where I thought he'll go for it and I'll end up being in a good situation because it's very unlikely that he's going to get to croak and the bugger did so he got to you know he got to fist pump the air and his his mother was there like um i love that his mother was there like cheering on cheering on her son um i got to say to her your son's got some big balls (laughs) (laughs) i didn't didn't realize that was his mum. that's cool yeah well and i said that and her face lit up she was clearly super proud of him oh that's Um, awesome yeah he's a nice like a nice lad well, that fits yeah, really but- nicely into um, what I was going to ask you, Darren, about you mentioned kind of lots of the, the games are kind of these hard-edged, hard-nosed ones, but it sounds like the games with Australia, while still being competitive, were, would you say, more like some of the UK scene? Would you say? Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah there, was a, there was a bit in our game where um, he'd, he'd mentioned that to complete a, a battle tactic, he wanted to bring two units into my um, territory, and one of those units was his harpies, and he'd forgotten to bring down his harpies. And he was like, "Oh no!" And I was like, "Bring them down, dude!" <laughs> like, and I think he might have had a few 
hardcore games earlier on. Um, and I was like, dude, it's it's fine. Because he was getting excited. Um, you know, he just killed Croak and he was mm. doing, you know, he was doing well in the game and he just made a, a simple error. Or at that point, Croak wasn't dead, but, you know, he'd made the teleport that, that would have made it possible. Um, and I don't want to win a game of Age of Sigmar, even at the top flight, because someone's forgotten something. I'm not playing who's, you know, who's got the best memory. If I, if I, if, if I play a game and I want to take true um, satisfaction out of it, I want to know that my opponent's played my opponents made the best plays that they thought were possible so that I have, you know, outwitted them or that's how I get satisfaction. That's an interesting point, Darren. Sorry to interject, but like mm-hmm. I got, um, I got, I got grief at six nations in 2019 and it was, it was, it was warranted because I let a player have a very big take back, which then won him the game. And, you know, they said to me, you know, Warhammer's about, putting pressure on your opponent and making them make decisions and you know errors are you know are mistakes that perhaps are brought on by pressure that you're putting on them so i don't know i don't think that you would feel bad maybe it was you you know you everyone runs the game as they wish but for example the counterpoint to that was that my opponent forgot to run his three characters for ferocious advance in the french game and I mm. undenard and Simon was over to my side and I didn't, you know, catch his eye or anything, but I just said to him, look, my captain will be disappointed. I'm not going to let, cause he shot in the shooting phase. We were in the next phase. And I said, I'm not going to let you take that back. So I don't know. It's an interesting one. Um, I'm not criticizing. Well, that sort of know. leads up to the discussion you're having, Darren, that about kind of prepping for next time, the kind of you, the, the scene as a whole, would you say if you're trying to practice kind of that more hard nose, hard edge style, do you find do you think it might make the game less enjoyable? Because I know there are people out there listening who are thinking, "Well, I don't, I don't want to play this hard-edged, hard-nosed, no take-back games." Um, do, would you would you think that's going to make it less enjoyable for you if we no, try and no, aim no, for more competition? I, or... I, no, no, not at all. Because I haven't practiced that, but I hundred percent am sure that once I practice it, and once me and my opponent are on the same page, then then it's going to be super enjoyable. Um, the the reason at the moment I'm not quite there is like I say I want to get better at this game and I don't think you get better catching people out or or Mm. you know suddenly because one day you're going to come across someone who makes no mistakes so at the moment I am practicing I'm trying to get better at this game every opportunity so in a in a game like that Oh, and, and let's be let's be honest. We I was relatively relaxed at that point. It might have been different if France were our last opponents. Um, not that's not because it was because of the position we were in. We were tournament leaders, mm. and we felt like we had strong matchups. And I had information at that point where other games were going well. So it's not like I'm some sort of saint, and I'm I'm going to play that like that in every situation. Um, so it might have been different if we were playing another team or we, we we were trying to get to, we were behind, let's say. Um, but I want, at the moment, I want to play pure Warhammer. And for me, that is my opponent making optimal decisions or they're not optimal ones, but op- optimal ones that they think are optimal, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, and that's the only way I can judge if I have out outplayed them. I don't want to, at the moment, um, judge my success from a game by how good I am at a chess clock or how good I am at catching out my opponent because I don't think that's going to allow me to grow as a player. But there'll be a point where 
um, that will be that will be important. Yeah. Does that does that make sense? Because I know yeah. that's quite yeah, that makes perf- yeah, no, no. that makes perfect sense. Yep. Okay. Cool. <laughs> right. I, it's getting on. So let's. Should we do our last section? And this is one of Darren's favourite sections. Um, the plays. Please. That's what I was. That, that, I mean, you heard it. The plays. The plays. Did, did just, it's it, the section about the plays. Alex, you can do it now. Anyway, okay, go do it. No, it's it's fine. It's, it's fine. I'm okay with it. It's fine. Oh, did okay. I ruin it? I'm not no, 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 no. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> we, we're going to do the section called the plays. <laughs> <laughs> so, the plays. This is the plays section. I'm going to discuss one of my favourite plays. I think Owen's going to discuss one of his favourite plays from the tournament, um, and and something else. Yeah, go then, for it. The, and then the people that are listening, you can then get involved. Because what I'm super interested in is um, how the magical moments within a game. Like I, I won because I used Nurgle and I moved forward and rolled lots of fives. No one gives a shit about that. We all forget about that. Absolutely. But I still remember that time uh, Griffhound ran the entire length of the board and took Archeon's last wound. And that, do you know what I mean? That that is a fucking story. Um, so I would like the listeners to, once they've listened to our favourite plays, if they want to um, message Miscast, uh, we've, you've set up a Twitter account now, haven't you? Alex? Yeah, we've got a, we've got a Twitter account. So it's at Miscast Pod at Miscast Pod. So you can send those questions or any questions for the next episode, which we're going to. But any plays you have, you can send it through to that or to Darren's Twitter at Positive Victim or Owens, which is OJ One Eighty. So yeah, do send it through to. Uh, our Twitters, your, your uh, favorite plays, and we'll select our favorite ones, and then we'll we'll read them out um, each episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that sounds like a great idea. But do send questions as well. But to, for for ours for the, for worlds, um, wow. I, I you do you want to start, Darren? I've got I've got I've got two, maybe three, but I want to be succinct. So uh, I've got one. So why don't you start with your favorite play from Worlds? I'll tell you about my favorite play because I'm clearly egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> and then you finish the section. So <laughs> my one, I actually saw it on watching the stream back. So this is a play. So this is Tobias from Tobias Schwartz. I think his name is from the German team playing Legion of the First Prince. He was operating with Bellacor in the midboard against the Lumineth army. And he needed to roll. He couldn't afford to CP6 um, Bellacor uh, to get where he needed. Um, he had to roll the dice. And unfortunately, uh, he, so he couldn't afford to CP6. He needed a two. So he gambled. He only rolled a one, which meant that he didn't run far enough to be in range of his horrors to be able to pass wounds off when they were. he was inevitably going to be shot by the Sentinel mm-hmm. in the next round. Uh-huh. So this is the play. Glorious, this is you'll love this. So yeah. he runs his horrors, they're not close enough to get up to him, but he runs them into damn terrain, rolls the one, and then splits a pink and moves the two blues forward, and then they're within nine inches of um <laughs> of, of no, you're out. <laughs> no, you're out. Wonderful. So yeah, yeah so lovely. props to Toby because that was a that was a play. Shout right. out to Tobias Team Germany. Yes. Um, right. I've got a well, on that note. I've, Steve um, was playing um, Legions of the First Prince into Living City, and you know, Living Cities they come on the board um, and they can be nine inches away from ah, you, can't they? Yeah, I heard about this one. Yeah, this yeah, cool. yeah. So what he was waiting for against his Living City was the um, the the formulators to shoot into his horrors, and then he split his horrors 
within nine inches so they could no longer but not not um just literally just by half half a millimeter you know and then, then they could no longer use their command ability which allows them to move after they shoot <laughs> i thought that was beautiful so if you are a living city player make sure that you're if you're fighting horrors when you kill them they they can't come within nine inches i thought that was a great play from because you, you can't use the command ability if you're within nine that's the exactly yeah exactly. yeah yeah very 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 cool from steve um so my favorite play is i was playing um at blood type i was playing the french team the french brought a couple of teams over i think one was a bit more casual and one was definitely one there they came to party um and it's pr- the first time we'd had a real insight into the french meta which at the time was pure value it was just like one or two characters and then just whatever war scroll was the best spammed to the maximum so an example would be like an anointed on a frost heart and then as many um as many felix card as possible you know just pure value list. i think they call it le spam or le spam. <laughs> back, back to the i didn't know you were analogy. fluent in french owen i didn't know you were Wait. You know, I've been I can't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to piss off so many countries with this podcast. This is we've done yeah. Danes, we've done French. Let's, uh, yeah. <clears throat> so wow, they're all my terrible accents. Um, so, so I was playing the uh, the French captain, and the list he had was just grim ghasts when grim ghasts were good, and then his general was a vampire on a blood. Is it a blood throne? You know, one of the yeah, bloodseeker palaquin thing. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So it was a Bloodseeker Capalaquin and just Grimgar. I think he had like 90 or 120, something stupid like that. Um, and my list was a jank mixed chaos list. So it had uh, it had like a, it had like a Screaming Bell. It had Kairos. It had Bellacor when Bellacor was little. Um, it was a real mishmash of um, mixed chaos because it's the sort of list that I really enjoy. Um, so I gave him the first because I had the choice and he moved forward with all of his Grimgasts. Um, and his blood seek, uh, his um, blood palaquin was safe behind these ninety grim ghasts or hundred. I think it may have been, might even have been one hundred twenty because it was before their points went went up. So in my turn, I rang my bell. I managed to get like a six and a three with Kairos. I changed the three to a six, which allowed me to um, summon a, a vermin lord. And the vermin lord I summoned was a deceiver. Then Kairos used his ability to cast the Deceiver's War Scroll spell. Um, although, uh, or, or, or maybe the Deceiver did, I can't remember. Um, but the, that, the Deceiver spell on his War Scroll was he's allowed to teleport. So he teleported over the screen of 120 <laughs> Grimgars. <laughs> and he teleports within six as well, doesn't within he? Within six, yeah, exactly. I then shot off a Pendulum. And I managed to get that off through his um, through his general and did like, um, I think, three wounds. I then managed to shoot because he's got a shooting attack, um, did a couple of wounds. And then I managed to get a charge. Long story short, I killed his general. And then once you kill a vampire general, that means the, the summoning is nowhere near as good. And the yeah. game was the game was basically done in a turn. And the reason it's my best play is one of the French, one of the, the coach or one of his mates came over. And there's no English at the table. I was making up what they were saying in my head, like, have you just lost your general? Yes, I've just lost my fucking general. <laughs> what happened? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just, it was just a play that, again, um, this harkens back to like, I want to say something about practice. Don't just play 
um, metalist versus metalist. Don't just get the information from Worlds, you know, see all the lists and then play 10 games with, with, with your opponent's lists because you're practicing formulaic Warhammer, which is great, but it should always be something that you fall back onto. I don't think you should rely on it. No. Some of the, some of the best practice games I've ever had are against players like the My Hills. I was lucky enough to grow up with, with Chris and Rick My Hill, you know, when I was wargaming and their brother Pete as well. And um, they will put any old shit on the table and they will make it work. And what you're practicing is problem solving. And one, I, I if I can, I don't like to big myself up too much, but I do think one of my great strengths is I can walk up to a table, I can assess the situation, and I can come up with a plan. And a, a, an example of this would be in the, the the French game in our in our fourth round, uh, fourth round, third round against the French, where I was in a red matchup, and Tom told me he'd be happy with four points. And if I'd have practiced and practiced and practiced, and I, in my head get four points, I'd have played formulaic Warhammer and I would have just done this, that and the other and I would have got my four points. But because I was instantly, because I was at the table and I was looking for opportunities and I can recognise them much quicker, I think, than, than some other people, I managed to come away from that game with a, with a sort of 16-4. And again, I think that's because I've spent, I've been playing war games since I was 13 and it's because we play all sorts of shit down and we don't play we don't like to play meta games um and i think one of the main reasons i'm a a, a world champion quote unquote today is uh because of people like the my hills so thank you <laughs> shout out to them um i've been more, lucky more team wales people so more wales helping team england mm. to be a world champion yeah yeah well, well, and that bring, that's a, yeah so that's the that, that's that's my favorite play <laughs> owen a last um, last one's yours just to round it out i had a chat Talking about Mark Wilson again from the Finnish team, um, I'll do a quick shout out to both Seb and to Pete and Obeyed who are on the Finnish team as well. So love those guys. Um, basically, we had a chat and he was we were talking about beasts and it was a bit like, you know, meeting in the stable and be- bemoaning how hard our army is to play or it can be quite hard to play. And I gave him a little tip about how I like to use my Zangor. So 20 Zangor on foot, uh, 32 mil bases. It's like a cloud. And rather than, you know, I was using this play all the way through and I used it in the one day yesterday. In my final game yesterday, I re I rallied back 72 wounds worth of Zangor in a game, um, <laughs> which was, and it was like, my opponent was like, you're an absolute bastard. I hate you, Owen. You're like, this is horrible. Um, so the combination of the four-up rally from Beasts of Care. So, so this is the play. This is any budding Zangor enthusiasts. What you do is you put your great weapons on the front you put all your shields, which give you a six-up ward in the middle, and then you always have your unit champion floating around at the back of the cloud, always outside of three of any point at which the opponent can come and hit your the front of the unit. And you just use them like a, a combo hammer anvil. So what you do is you, you, your opponent charges them, hopefully with a big unit, so they engage lots of the front line. You remove all your casualties from the center, breaking coherency, Ah, naughty. Then you swing with all the great weapons at the front, and hopefully you've still got nine models left. So you're looking at doing uh, 16 attacks, which are Ren 2, damage 2 on the first turn. So they do hit well. Um, And then you then, after you've done your swinging and you've taken a chunk out of whatever hit you, you then coherently break the last of the unit off. You've got one unit champion left. You CP, Inspiring Presence them, and then whether you win prior or not, 
you then roll 19 yeah. dice and bring them all back on four ups. Yes, I win. So, awesome. <laughs> and there's a lot of tech Good. around that. So, for example, very, <laughs> just in game against a really good Czech player, somebody told me he was their best player. He brought, he put Alariel and Durthu into this block of 20. He left the unit champion on one wound. And then when I had my turn, I rallied back so many. They then blocked off the redeploy so my six enlightened could go in and one bang Delariel off. So they're mm. like Zangor Tech is 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 the source. So that the plays the, the plays. plays hashtag Zangor Tech. Yeah. Okay. Um, I so think I one. like that. I think I like it. I think I also hate you, but I think I like it. Like, <laughs> I think not, that's I think that would not, make me quit. I think you're not yeah. you're not the only one. Yeah, rally rally plays in um Beasts of Chaos is is great fun. Yeah, great fun. If you're sure. listening to these plays and you've enjoyed them and you've got something you'd like to share. Enjoyed, yeah. Because yeah. I'd love to I'd love to read that. <laughs> right. Well, I yeah, thanks. Thanks both of you. I think as much as I hated that last one, um, that is absolutely um <laughs> what we're looking for. So do send them in. Um I think we're done, guys. I think that's uh I think we we wrap up there. So last thing for me to say is thanks everyone for listening. We hope you um Hope you found the first episode enjoyable and informative. The next one's going to be on deployment. So do send, I mean, spoiler, Darren doesn't think deployment exists anymore, just as a heads up. (laughs) So do send your deployment uh, questions in to Darren, to Owen, or to the Miscastles feed, and we'll we'll get around to answering those questions. So next one on deployment. Um, And yeah, just thanks again for listening. Be kind, look after each other. uh, And we're going to catch you all on the next one. So cheers. Bye-bye. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns